As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. And I know it's hard to believe Mint can be any good for just $15 a month. So let's ask Wasim Iknabi, one of Mint's first customers, if he has any issues with Mint. No, the services have been great. And under my ownership, it's going to get even better. How? No clue. Still $15 a month though, right? Yep. To learn more and see our logo, go to mintmobile.com slash Spotify. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Are we ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move on my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show. With Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Back again for another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. I'm BJ. And I'm Coach Tripp, uh, joining as a guest. Excited to be here. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. And we're all here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. All things March Madness, as a matter of fact. Episode 29 in here, uh, edition in Season 3 of the Lowdown. Uh, coming in here with the Coach Tripp. Uh, our uh, our aforementioned Coach Tripp from the previous episode uh, of College Basketball with Tyler. Uh, this is his co-host right here, ladies and gentlemen. So that extra voice that you hear, and if you're watching, you see over on Twitter, YouTube, or Twitch, wherever you're watching that. That is the new co-host of the Lowdown College Basketball. Welcome in, welcome in, Coach. We're we're glad to have you a part of the team. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to talk about college basketball and March Madness. Oh, yes, and there's been a lot of madness already. That's going to be the main topic of discussion today, of course. we got BJ's best, though, still on tap. BJ's ready and roaring with that. What's on Drew's mind, of course, a lot of things, but something specific today. Uh, And our favorite game, with it or quit it, and BJ's at the helm at that once again. So without further ado, when that guy's ready, that BJ guy, we'll get it going. This guy? Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm ready. I've been ready. And Drew, we're going to start things off with the uh, opening round of the NCAA men's bracket. We had some some pretty cool, crazy finishes in the first four, but outside of uh, really the the Pitt and Mississippi State game, we had a, a couple of uh, well, we just had a couple of teams that flexed their muscles and, and proved that they were the better team. Texas A&M Corpus Christi taking down Southeast Missouri State. Pitt with a buzzer beater essentially in the final 10 seconds to beat Mississippi State. Those games played Tuesday night. And then last night you had Fairleigh Dickinson shooting the lights out and ending Texas Southern's miracle under 500 run to the NCAA tournament, as well as Arizona State. It, it seemed like they couldn't miss coach uh, when, in that win over Nevada last night. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how these teams uh, prepare and get ready you know, for the tournament, and of course, if you're in a playing game, it's do or die, all hands on deck, and, and certainly they, they shot the lights out and, and gave themselves uh, a chance to move on, and, and as we, we saw with some of the games today, 
uh, once you make the tournament, anything can happen. So uh, you certainly can't uh, buy too much into uh, who's favored, who's got the better seed, because if, if you're not on your game, uh, you can get knocked out uh, just that quick. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a TCU fan, so that was the matchup I was not wanting. I was hoping that we'd have a, a little bit of an easier path with Nevada. I know they play good defense, but Arizona State, they play the same kind of style of basketball we do, and it's going to be a track meet for 40 minutes come Friday night. But what we saw on Thursday were a couple of track meets that came down to the very end with the first game, Maryland and West Virginia, the 8-9 matchup uh, up there in the, the south region of the bracket. And, Coach, West Virginia started strong. They got off to a big lead, but Maryland feisty as ever. The Terrapins come back and are able to make a, a late push in the second half to get the victory and move on to the second round. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, West Virginia jumps out to, uh, I believe, a 12-point lead in the first half, and it looked like uh, they had every chance to put it away. And really, uh, obviously, um, you felt like Maryland was going to make a run and get back in it, which they did. But really, I think what kind of doomed West Virginia wasn't uh, anything as far as what Maryland did. It was some poor decisions on rush, rushing some shots and, and taking questionable shots and fouls late in that game that, that kind of uh, I thought was the difference. And, and Maryland uh, escaped with that victory, and, and, and credit to them. You know, they, they kept fighting, hung around, but I really thought West Virginia had every opportunity to, to win that game and, and, and made some uh, mental errors, I think, that cost them. And, and when they watched film, uh, next couple of days, I think they'll they'll see that and and, and just be sick about it. And Reese from yeah, Maryland, he had a he had a good game. And you were talking about the opportunities. He missed three straight free throws, and West Virginia couldn't capitalize off of that. Yeah, and and another thing with you know, and what, what, I'm not going to try to go too far out of order, but you know, Alabama took care of of A&M Corpus Christi as everyone expected. No real surprise there. And for Alabama, seeing Maryland on that uh, in that matchup in the second round as opposed to West Virginia has to feel a lot better for the Tide, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. I, you know, I think a lot of people uh, are surprised that that even though Maryland was the was the higher seed, kind of surprised that they that they ended up winning that game. And I think that mm-hmm. yeah, if you're Alabama, you're certainly uh, feel better about your chances. Uh, look, I think Alabama is so talented that that uh, they're going to win uh, whomever they played. But I think that uh, this probably gives them a little breathing room and, and certainly an easier path than, than maybe West Virginia would have. Uh, particularly, you know, not only are you, you playing that team on the floor, but you've got a Hall of Fame coach over there with Bob Huggins that now you don't have to deal with. So uh, certainly uh, they've got to breathe easier uh, after Maryland knocks off uh, West Virginia. Absolutely, and, and when you said go back and watch film if you're West Virginia, another team that is going to be just absolutely sick when they watch the film is the team we're about to see because of the sequence that transpired at the end of the game, and that would be the Virginia Cavaliers. Definitely a shocker in the South region with the Paladins getting the gift from of, of all gifts, if you will, in terms of the bad pass, throw away, and, and getting that great three to end up beating Virginia. And um, Mac, 
That guy hadn't made much all game either, and he knocked down the biggest shot of the night. Yeah, the biggest shot of his career. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he had hit a three all game. Interestingly yeah, enough, you know, you, you, they had to know that, that the trap was coming, um, but they had a timeout still left that they could have used. And, and I think if you reverse out of that trap, uh, you know, it's a much easier pass and, and then you, you know, force them to foul you. But instead, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he, I'm not sure exactly what he was thinking. Maybe he thought he could, he could get it, you know, all the way down court, but uh, it did not happen. And, and, uh, you're exactly right about uh, them being sick watching film because this game uh, was theirs to to win. They were if they if they handle that inbound, uh, they're going to move on. They're going to win, and we're talking about you know uh, who, who they play next. Rather now we're talking about what a crazy se- sequence of events that that ended up giving the game. Uh, you know they gave the game over uh, on that and. and and what a ice cold uh, three point shot! As we said, he hadn't made one all game. Had really been shooting pretty poorly, and boom, hits that. Now they did have 2.2 seconds left to to try and answer. Certainly, the odds are uh, not in your favor when that happens. But yeah. uh, you know, it didn't all come down to that one play. Both teams had chances throughout the game to uh, try to put it away, and, and they were so evenly matched. Uh, that it, that it did it came down to to that play, and then the 2.2 seconds afterwards. Yeah, and and so Virginia got an inbound to half court, got a, a good look, and it, it hit off the backboard and the rim, but it did not fall, and so that ended up being the end of the season for Virginia. So now the last four tournaments, coach, the if if they're not making it out of the first round, they're winning the NCAA tournament. They've lost their three of their last four games, uh, or three of their last four times in the NCAA tournament in the first round, going back to 2018 when they got upset by UMBC as the one seed. So that's, it's, it's a, it's a all-or-nothing kind of approach for the Cavaliers. Yeah, you know, I think you, you just uh, really can't um, underestimate how significant it is when, when you play against these teams that you haven't seen before that have contrasting styles, and I think that's what makes this tournament – uh, kind of the best sporting event, in, in my opinion, in the world because you get matched up with, with teams that maybe you have uh, better athletes than. You may have a more experienced coaching staff, but uh, it comes down to making plays. And, um, you know, sometimes um, that works against you, and it becomes even more tough now because now you have even less time to prepare moving on, whether you were the uh, underdog who got the upset or you were the – uh, team they're supposed to win because now you only have you know a day or so to prepare uh, and, and not even that because you may be waiting to see who's going to win and then you got to try and put a game plan together obviously I'm sure they've they've looked at able to look at tape and say it's going to be one of these two teams that that kind of thing have some sort of game plan but you haven't got to rep it you haven't got to, to practice against it so um, really it makes it a, a, a huge task uh, for, for the coaches and teams. Updates Absolutely. On this bracket app here, of the over 20 million men's brackets submitted, just 18,078 total are 8 for 8 so far. Good for just 0.09% of ESPN entries. That is crazy. That's some crazy stuff. So in terms of Furman, they move on, and they got – they're going to get San Diego State, who survived what was a, a popular trendy upset pick in College of Charleston, and that game was tied late. And, and Coach, yeah. you and I, we, we talked about it before the show. 
a little bit of a you know momentum in the last couple of minutes for San Diego State, and they get the benefit of a foul call that maybe they shouldn't have got, able to capitalize and survive a scare. So it'll be San Diego State taking on the Paladins in the second round. Yeah, really, I think, intriguing matchup there, and, and you nailed it there with, with the way that game was going kind of back and forth. Um, but you, you made a great point about uh, San Diego State kind of already had that um, momentum, had the lead, and then, um, you know, when that three-point uh, shot, uh, de- depending on, on how you saw it, it could have easily been a no-call, um, but it goes against them and, and uh, essentially kind of puts the game out of reach. Uh, if it is a no call, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But to your point, you know, San Diego had kind of ripped momentum away, had had mm-hmm. uh, taken the lead, put themselves in a, in a great position. And, and really the, the, the shot, um, you know, had almost went in anyway. So yeah. uh, just as likely as you could say it could have been a no call, uh, that's true. But it also very easily could have been a made three-pointer. Um, but either way, uh, as you said, San Diego State survives, moves on, and and uh, here here we go um, with the matchup. Um, I think that's going to be really exciting and, and really uh, a little bit um, uh, unorthodox. Uh, two teams, you know, facing each other that that, that probably are, don't have any experience uh, with each other. Absolutely, and and I'm not going to ask for for predictions uh, since I know you and, and Tyler are going to be hopping on uh, as soon as everything in the first round is finalized. Y'all are going to. Uh, be heading, uh, doing an episode of y'all show together, but uh, a lot of region or a lot of action in the South region has been uh, going on today. But I'm going to shift gears and talk about the two games in the West region that have uh, concluded. Uh, Kansas, no surprise, they were easily able to ha- handle uh, the Howard Bison, the one over the 16. No, no real reason to go too far in depth on it, but their eight nine matchup was a, a little bit surprising, a sloppy game from Arkansas, but they were able to win in, in really convincing fashion. Illinois just could not keep themselves in that game for a good majority of it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you get that um, uh, Arkansas, you know, coming out of the SEC, and, and, and they had, had really played well through most of the season. And, and then Illinois, obviously, uh, having to um, go up against some of those juggernauts uh, in that conference. But, um, as you said, it wasn't really much of a game. Um, uh, Arkansas takes care of business, has to handle it. The, the, the one point I will make uh, about the Kansas game, I think anybody who watched has known, uh, Bill Self was, was not there on the sideline. Obviously, he's he uh, released yeah. from the hospital. Uh, he does think he or is hoping to maybe be there for the next game, but um, certainly that was the only thing that maybe would have given you a little bit of pause that, you know, uh, how, how might that um, affect them, but obviously it didn't, and, yeah. and um, so, so they handled business. And, and we're all, obviously all three of us are, are hoping that he's okay. Obviously he's been right. discharged in good spirits, good health, and like you said, Coach, he hopes to be back um, for their next matchup against Arkansas on Saturday. Uh, so we've cool. we got two other uh, – do you have a point, Drew? Oh yeah, we. You remember? I remember exactly what it what we said. But we were talking. I think it was a with it a quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, who was going to get the next win, or who was who, who was going to get closer to a thousand wins first? Uh, Bill Self, Self or, or, or Huggins? Calipari. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Huggins is already gone. Calipari and uh, Self still in it. Yeah, I was going to say Kansas has won three times. Uh, it's in the past week, but none of them go to self because he wasn't right. the coach 
for those games. So does he, by rule, does he not get credit for those victories? No, those those would go to. Um, I, I can't remember who he had. Uh, his assistant. Yeah, his, his whoever was serving as head coach okay. for that game will will be credited with those. So, um, and last but not least, the kind of the. The the stunning round, if you will, with a lot of lot of intrigue with the in the South region. All all of the upsets so far have come from the South region. Of course, when you play six games in the same region on one day out of the right. first eight that we've played, that seems to be where they're going to be. Uh, we'll start with the one that did go through. Here's how it sounded when the 15 seeded Princeton Tigers take out the second-seeded Arizona Wildcats. This is the shot that gave them the lead for good. Pretty quick. It was just a, a simple little lay-in with, with two minutes left, but Arizona could not buy a shot. They could not get anything to fall. The Princeton defense really suffocated them in that second half, especially in the final ten minutes. And Tigers, just like it's the 90s all over again when they took out – UCLA, now they get another Pac-12 team in the Wildcats out in the first round. I uh, want to throw it back to the last episode once again. I had another one of those Wither to Quit It questions. Will the East have the most upsets? I mean, they're going to have to pull out a lot to to pass what's going on in the South so far. The, the West region is, is still early on. Maybe we'll right. see some others. It's, it's anybody's guess right now. But right. the South region is off to a darn good start, huh, Coach? Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is what March Madness is all about, is, is uh, particularly, you know, if you're a casual fan and you don't have a rooting interest, this is what you love to see is uh, some of these teams coming in that, that that on paper you would think have no business being in the tournament or certainly competing with a, a number two seed, and all of a sudden, boom, upset, upset, upset. Uh, I think that's what draws your, your casual fans back every year, and so yeah. it makes it so difficult, you know, as we fill out our brackets and uh, you know, as we talk about uh, predictions and things like that, because you just never know. You know, it's 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 a one-game playoff at every uh, every round, and and so if if one team is on, one team is off, or if you're able to, uh, as a coach, determine uh, some sort of uh, wrinkle that you can do to take advantage of a weakness of the other team, boom, you're moving on, and um, that's what's so fantastic about this tournament. And I think uh, uh, I think that this is the, is the best. Uh, tournament, best playoff, however you want to call it, uh, in, in all the sports. Uh, and I think, you know, we all look forward to it every year uh, for this for this reason. Absolutely. And the matchup that Princeton will face, the, the winner of Utah State and Missouri, and this was a close game back and forth. Both teams were, were really competitive. And then Missouri just flexed their muscle, proving, you know, how good of a season they've had in that SEC and why a lot of people thought if, if Arizona was suspect, maybe it would be the, the Tigers of Missouri that get them. Instead, Princeton's Tigers get them in the first round, and so it'll be the 7-15 in the second round. What, what do you notice about Missouri, and how far of a run do you think they're able to make now? Does this open it up for them? Well, certainly it opens it up. Once you get, get past that first round, it's, it's a little bit of, okay, we, we've handled business, we belong here, you know. Uh, now, uh, obviously, they're they're going to be on alert. Uh, the, the opponent they're playing has showed that they can play with anybody. Um, so uh, the difference, I think, uh, that they'll have in preparation over, say, Kansas, is they're not going to be surprised because they've just seen what happens if if you take uh, – not, not, that, not that Kansas took them lightly, but 
there's no chance now that Missouri would overlook or take Princeton lightly because of what just happened. Uh, look, Missouri's battle-tested, you know, playing in that SEC. Uh, so, yes, I think they can make a run. Uh, I don't know um, beyond uh, this next round um, how much further they can go just because the competition is going to be stiff. But I certainly expect them to uh, take Princeton out uh, and then give themselves uh, an opportunity to move on from there. Um, but I don't see him making uh, a very deep run. And no disrespect to um, Missouri, just, uh, man, this, this field is deep and uh, competitive, and, and I just don't know that they're there yet. Absolutely. And final question for you, Coach, before we let you go. Um, what are you looking forward to with tonight's matchups? What's the one that kind of intrigues you the most? Or, or where, where do you think there's a likelihood for an upset potentially? I guess you can answer all three of those. Okay. Um, three different answers. Yeah. Um, really the – the and this is more just of a, of a general first round thing. The, what I'm most intrigued about uh, in the first round and going forward, so it's, it's sort of dodging your question a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm really um, impressed right now with uh, – well, let me, let me uh, preface this. Uh, because it'll make what I'm about to say even even more um, significant, maybe. Uh, I'm a diehard uh, North Carolina fan. Obviously, they're not in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't deserve to be in it. That's not my argument. The Duke Blue Devils, who who I detest with every fiber <laughs> of my being, uh, <laughs> you know, coming into this, they've won nine in a row, including the ACC championship. I think they are, are playing uh, as well as anybody right now outside of, of, of maybe Alabama. So um, I think what I'm looking forward to uh, is really see what Duke can do. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, any other year I would be saying uh, I don't care what Duke does. I hope they lose. But right now, just because, you know, they didn't start off all that well at the beginning of the year. And all of a sudden now they've they've turned it on. Uh, They're peaking, I think, at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, something I want to follow just because you hear that phrase so often. You know, are they peaking at the right time? You know, that kind of thing. And, and uh, they've given themselves every opportunity, put themselves in a great spot. So, really, the rest of the tournament, obviously, I'm going to follow my bracket, and, and, and as everyone is. But that, that's really the – Duke is really what I'm, I'm most intrigued with just because um, early in the season, midway through the season, I, I was not impressed by them. Um, mm. And I could have chalked it up, okay, new coach, you know, follow Hall of Famer. But, boom, they've, they've turned it on, rallied, and, and I'm pretty excited to see what they can do. Absolutely, and, and I think they're fully healthy at the right time as well, Coach. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, they definitely are, and, um, you know, let's, let's see what they can do. And, and, and my son, I don't know if he's watching this or not, he's a, he's a diehard Duke fan, and, and this is probably the first time he's ever heard me praise or give them uh, <laughs> any kind of unwarranted credit, but uh, here we go. He's just they're, talking they're, into watching the games with him. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> They, they were a popular upset pick because a lot of people uh, have a lot of faith in that, that Oral Roberts squad coming in as the 12th seed. But right now it's been all Duke to the tune of 11-0 lead early on in this game. First play of the game, uh, you know, they had shot a three, got the rebound, tried to drive inside, big block off the glass, pinned it off the glass. I was like, oh, this is how the game started for them. <laughs> it's going to be that type of game. Okay. Yeah. Well, Coach, we haven't yeah, we haven't had a 12-5 uh, upset yet, so uh, it's not going to be this one, but you know, hopefully right. we'll see. Be on the lookout for Drake tomorrow. I'm I'm <laughs> telling you, we we talked about it Sunday night and and you if if you remember Drew, Tyler and I told you to watch out for Furman. Mm. 
what happened. Yeah. So hey, I got them on my other bracket, and that's not the one in, <laughs> not the one in our one, group. Again. One yeah. bracket at least, right? Right. Well, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on with us. If you want to hang around and, and kind of get some no, some notes to help you fill out your women's bracket, that's what's <laughs> going to be on tap here in just a minute. But we appreciate you, and we'll be looking forward to you and Tyler tuned in and, and talking everything first round tomorrow night. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off and go watch some more uh, first round action, but thanks so much for having me, and, and uh, I will talk to you guys later. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Coach Tripp in the building, and – we always are appreciative of you hopping on, my friends. So thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank sir. you. All right, so, gang. Yeah, that was a good, good stuff, Drew. Good stuff yeah. from Coach Triplett, and, and I'm excited to see he and uh, Tyler on the mics together and, and their first official episode of the Lowdown CBB together tomorrow night. All right, the Lowdown College Basketball man getting in full swing. Absolutely. Man, and it's almost time to uh, get some women's action in full swing. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, BJ, they're yeah. going to get going They've with action. The first four have been going on yesterday and today. Or, well, they, it, I think the second uh, day of, of first four games is on right now, actually. And ladies started a little bit earlier than uh, the guys started today. They're starting at 10.30. Okay. 10.30 tomorrow is the first game's tip-off. Indiana and whoever wins this first four matchup tonight, and South Florida versus Marquette. That might. Wait, so whoever whoever wins that matchup tonight has to play oh. tomorrow. Oh, wait, sorry, or take that, that back. Take that back. Saturday? That's, that's Saturday. Yeah, their days okay. are different. South okay. Florida and Marquette do play tomorrow at ten thirty, though. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in just a moment. But Drew, I want to shift things up a little bit since I got to kind of host this uh, first little installment. I want to find out what's on Drew's mind tonight first before we do BJ's. You you want to do a last-minute shift in in how we normally run things around here? Okay, okay. we got a little bit of a Freaky Friday or something going on. All right, let's do it. All right, well, let's do it. What's on Drew's mind today? What is on Drew's mind? What's on Drew's mind today, BJ, is... The most clutch players in March Madness history. All right. Who comes to mind when you hear that? Uh, well, you know, there's there's quite a few guys that you could to, could think of. Uh, you know, Gordon Hayward would be like up top of the list if that half court shot against Duke in the national championship game in 2010 had gone in, and Butler had won off of that. Like that that was the clutch, most clutch shot I think. I've ever seen, and it just did not fall in the basket. It rolled off the iron. Um, but J.J. Raddick has, has been uh, – had his name up there. Christian Leitner, I think, is one of the the most dominant players we've ever seen um, in, in terms of uh, March Madness action. But I'm trying not to think of just Duke players. It's, it's just you – know, <laughs> they've, been, they've been in the tournament quite a bit. Um, you know – when, when Anthony Davis uh, led Kentucky to that national championship back a, about a decade ago now, I mean, he was pretty much a one-man wrecking machine for that Kentucky squad. Uh-huh. Well, hey, let's let's make it easier on you then. Let's not go okay. so broad. All and right. let's do uh, some of the most clutch players in March Madness since 2011. Okay. How about that? Okay. All right. I was I was oh. gonna say there was a there was a guy that hit a clutch shot. Um, 
against Kansas, uh, like Ali Ferretman-ish or something for Northern Iowa. It was a second round upset, but um, was it uh, was it Chris Jenkins that hit the game winning uh, three pointer in Villanova's win over North Carolina in the national yes. championship? Yes. Is he on this list? Yes, he is on this list. He is number two. On okay. this list, actually. Uh, another person on this list, Shabazz Napier mm-hmm. at number four. Yeah, Napier was, was a phenomenal player. Uh, do we count Kimba Walker, Kyrie, or uh, Cardiac hey, Kimba, if you will? there you go. He's number one on this list. Heck, yeah. <clears throat> BJ. That 2011 Cardiac run that Kimba. they went on uh, where he, he helped them. They went five straight days with five straight wins in the Big East Tournament. And then they did it all over again with six wins in a row in the NCAA tournament to win the title as a three seed. Cardiac Kimba was born in that deadly step back. Will mm-hmm. run in everyone's mind for all eternity. Yeah, that was the 2009 Big East quarters, I think, against Pittsburgh when that shot happened. Um, let's see. The Kentucky Kentucky had the Harrison twins in their run to the national title in 2014. They, they did. Uh, Either one of them on more, that list? More so, it was Aaron mm-hmm. Harrison, uh, and it is in 2014. Uh, he had, uh, he came up clutch in not only one, but three different occasions. Yeah, I was about to say, he was always hitting seemingly like a great shot near the buzzer or something. Oh, yeah. His back-to-back-to-back daggers against Louisville, mm-hmm. Michigan, and Wisconsin helped the number mm-hmm. eight seed Wildcats reach the natty. Does, is Kyrie on the list? Kyrie was uh, part of that. Kyrie is that, not on the list. Okay. I thought Kyrie may have been a part of that team that uh, knocked out uh, Wisconsin, who knocked out the undefeated Kentucky squad. I think that was 2015-ish. Maybe? I don't think. I don't even know if Kyrie ended up playing in the tournament. Did he? Because he you only know, played about 11 games that season. That's right. I forgot he got injured that year. Never mind. Yeah. I was trying uh, to think who would have been on that team. One guy I'm surprised you haven't said, BJ, you, you mentioned his team, and uh, we we all actually kind of mentioned his team earlier. Who do you think I might be talking about? Let me give you one hint. Well, I mean, it's going to give you the name probably. Maybe. So do you want the hint or no? I'll take the hint. Virginia. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm, I'm blanking on that team that won the national championship. Um, oh, I remember the run, but I just don't remember who was Kyle Guy. Oh man, no, I wouldn't. I don't think I remember him. Honestly, like the junior marksman connected on five three pointers in the Elite Eight, finishing with twenty five points to help the Cavaliers hold off Purdue despite forty two points from Carson Edwards, who is number five on this list. Yeah, that that Purdue, uh, Purdue, and and. Um, Purdue Virginia game was great. The Auburn game, you know, I, I think they got away with a double dribble in that game. Um, yeah. So they shouldn't have Ooh. even been there in the first place. But. And that's funny because that's mentioned in this next part. He <laughs> delivered again the next weekend, knocking down go ahead free throws in the closing seconds of a Final Four win against Auburn. Yeah. Guy finished his career with 24 points in an overtime win over Texas Tech. Sorry, Tyler. To help Virginia win his first national championship. Tyler was and, more than thrilled when Virginia went down because he, he does not like Virginia after they knocked out Texas. And they haven't won a tournament game since. Correct, yeah. 
they were uh, I think they're they were in the NIT. They they like a, like a, we were talking about earlier. They they're um, three losses in their last four tournament appearances in the first round, and the only time they didn't lose in the first round, they went all the way. But even then, that's not without some controversy, if you will. Right. Uh, right. But but Tyler Tyler was definitely thrilled about it, and and does not have great feelings for Virginia after that that 2019 uh, championship game. So right. that was funny. But Let's see. I'm trying to think of. Um, other like classics. Um, there's okay when, we North, haven't, when North Carolina beat Gonzaga. They had a guy that was making some clutch shots. Is he on the list? So we haven't made. We haven't. No, he's not actually. Okay. So we've gotten the top six nailed down. Who do you think seven through ten are? Um, I'll give you the schools: uh, okay. Duke, Villanova, UNC, and Kentucky. Uh, Von, uh, uh, Dave Vincenzo, I would think, is, is one nope. of the Villanova guys. No? Nope. All right, so it's Duke, Villanova, and who? Uh, UNC and Kentucky. So I'll give you the Nova player. He used to be on our team. All right. Who's that, BJ? Oh, uh, Jalen Brunson. Boom. Jalen Brunson. I, I forget about him being a Villanova product. Two-time champ. Yep. That's right. Um, let's see here. So the Duke team that went and won the, the national championship is, mm-hmm. is this is uh, was it a singular brother? Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 no. No, it wasn't a singular it, brother. It was a brother that went but to it was Duke. Not a that had another brother that went to Duke. Okay, so it wasn't the singlers. <sighs> He's the Grizzlies' backup point guard. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones sounds good. I I forgot that he was He's on that number team. number seven on this list. Okay. He, uh, Duke Trailblazers made his nine points in the second half of the 2015 Natty. Mm-hmm. Tyus Jones helped keep the Blue Devils afloat. However, the freshman's contribution steadily turned into a takeover as Duke pulled level. Then ahead as Jones scored 19 of his 23 in the second in the half. Second half. That was a clutch performance indeed. Jones um, Blue Devils ahead for good with a difficult three. Three of the eight points he netted during the final four-plus minutes. So Kentucky and North Carolina are the last two. Mm-hmm. Another Kentucky 2014 player? 2012. 2012. So it's not Anthony Davis. Nope. Hmm. They had some other guys on that team because that was the beginning of the one and done era. But I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank as to who would have been the guy to step up and have those clutch shots. Deron Lamb. Deron Lamb. I hadn't heard his name in a while. Drew, he averaged I'll tell you 16 that. and a half points during the tournament that year, Man. and he knocked down 52 percent of his threes in that run. Shoot. All right, and last but not least, the North Carolina player that uh, is on here. Um, what's oh. that? Oops, never mind. Go ahead, think. I no, I didn't hear you. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think because there was a guy that in that in that great game against Villanova, and then in the next year against Gonzaga, seemed like he was always hitting some clutch shots. But I cannot remember who. I can see him, but I can't think of his name. Marcus Page. Page, that's right. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Man. 
There's some clutch anyway. athletes, man. Yeah, big time. And we're just, you know, we're nailing down what was the last 12 years or technically 11 of tournament action. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you think back a little bit, you know, you talked about the Leitners of the mm. world. Another person that comes to mind would be Mello, one year in the mm-hmm. tournament, one championship. Yeah. Yep, that um, recent retiree, Bayhive, his only title. Mm-hmm. You know, so got big time players that have been through. Joaquin um, Noah, Derek Rose when they um, were um, Rose with Memphis and Doug Noah with those Florida teams. Yeah, McDermott. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, who? Um, Golly. Uh, was it was it was it a uh, Hashim the Beat for part of UConn's team the that made the run? Think so, I know yeah. There, there's, yeah. So I mean, we could go, we could go a long time mm-hmm. just trying to think back on some other clutch players. But yeah, that players. was what was on my mind today. I had somebody mention clutch players, and the first one I thought about was Kemba, and I was just like, man, there's there's been some guys that I had no idea who they are, just knocking down the biggest of shots over the years, and like, who are those guys? Some of these names I didn't recognize or remember. Um, you have to run mm-hmm. land Marcus Page at the bottom there because it's been yeah. years. Like we were just in high school or just getting out by the time, uh, you know, when those shots were going down, I was like, I don't remember those guys. It's been 10 years. But, you know, it's just uh, it's cool to think about all the players who have been uh, – had made their uh, careers on that stage. And if you want to translate that to the women's side, BJ – uh, you can talk about Enrique Agumbawale's run. Oh, those, yeah, the back-to-back those, buzzer beaters. Yeah, back-to-back yeah. buzzer beaters to get Here to the National Dallas, Championship right? and win it. No, that was that was Minneapolis. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was it was a Mississippi State buzzer beater that ended UConn's, like, 111-game winning streak. That was here the last time that the women's tournament was in Dallas. Yeah, but that was that was a, that was was one of the big-time uh, shots. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the Maya Moore shots back in the yeah. day when she was – Stewie and her four championships leading the way, being being clutch, uh, the clutch player that she is. Um, so, like I said, I mean, a lot of names that you could go through uh, on both sides to uh, to highlight Absolutely. The, some dominant and clutch players. But that is what's on Drew's mind, BJ. Awesome stuff. Well, we'll we'll get to BJ's best here in a second, Drew. But we will. At, but we got to tell you about them people from DraftKings, eh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. If you're ready. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated, and you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or, what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news. State Farm is there for all your what-ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. Um, uh, underdogs, like, uh, man, what was that team? That we Furman, Princeton. Furman, Princeton, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Furman, Princeton, those guys, those underdogs uh, that pull upsets. The unbelievable action and the madness of March from DraftKings Sportsbook, BJ. The biggest tournament in college basketball, it's here. The action's happening literally right now. New customers like you can bet just $5 on this college hoops action and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's right, Drew. Obviously, we, we talked about some games that we liked in the last episode for upsets. We were 
so we were we got the first one at least Furman over Virginia. I don't think either one of us would have been able to have the gumption to, to say that uh, Princeton was going to take out Arizona in the first round. I've seen I've seen some some that are bold enough to believe that Colgate has a shot tonight. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. That game will be uh, tipping off here relatively soon as we record on a Thursday. But another game to keep your eye on is whoever Texas or Colgate would face in the second round. You've got another 7-10 matchup that should be just an absolute barn burner with Texas A&M and Penn State squaring off against each other. And then uh, Tennessee and Louisiana will also be uh, battling uh, here in tonight's action. Uh, lots of great matchups in store. Lots of great stuff tomorrow. You can look at no further than a possibility of an upset. I've been talking about it. I'm telling you, get that bet in on Drake over Miami. Miami is just a two-point favorite. That, by far, is the closest of any 5-12 matchup in terms of the line that I've seen so far. Duke was a, a like a six-point favorite, if I'm not mistaken, before the game started. They were. And then San Diego State and Charleston, San Diego State, was a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So money seems to be flowing towards the Drake Bulldogs. Get your bets in now before that game tips off tomorrow evening or tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it is tomorrow evening. Um, So that being said, you can use DraftKings. Here's what you do. You go to the app, you opt in, you place a no-sweat bet for this weekend's action, and plus, for a limited time, all customers can score one of these no-sweat bets no sweat, Drew. If you are going to get your Final Four team busted in round one, you can make some money back if the bet doesn't hit with a bonus bet back up to $10 during the first two rounds of the tournament this weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I know I normally have the segue here, Drew, but since we flipped it around, it's time for <laughs> Best. Well, thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. I know we, we went a little bit different, but, you know, it's good to shake it up every now and again. I guess maybe shaking up your bracket uh, was what inspired me today with, with those upsets. But, Drew, you happen to know what tomorrow is besides the day that this podcast dropped on uh, all your favorite platforms to listen to podcasts on? St. Patty's. It is indeed St. Patrick's Day, Drew. And I have found the ultimate list. And to show you how exclusive it is, it has come out today with my eyes only. Ooh. This is the best cities in America to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in. Mm. Obviously, uh, you know, if you are living in, in uh, Ireland, the, the whole country is, is a great place to, to spend the day and, and to, to celebrate the, the uh, to celebrate St. Patrick and, and his legacy. But if you are in America or if you are uh, in Canada want to drive down to uh, see, see some celebrations in, uh, in American cities tomorrow, this weekend, perhaps. Look no further than this list. So, if you're ready, Drew, let's go with the 15 best cities in America celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And would you like me to start at the bottom or at the top? 
the bottom, and can I ask if one of these cities is on the list? You can. Which city do you want to know? San Francisco. San Francisco is on the list. It is, uh, let's see, where was oh, it? You don't have to tell me where. I'll, I'll find okay. out. All right. Uh, I believe it, at least. Yeah, it's 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 on the list for sure. So cool. Starting at the bottom, number fifteen, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia St. Patrick's Day Parade started before the United States uh, was even founded, before the the colonies had signed their Declaration of Independence. It was uh, first started back in 1771, the second oldest of any kind in the United States, only surpassed by a city. I'm sure we'll. Uh, be mentioning here later on in this list. Uh, more than half a million people uh, don green costumes with a different theme each year in Philadelphia, uh, including a decade of remembrance and bless the American worker that have been part of previous parade themes in the past. So Philadelphia well, on the list at 15. Well, heck, BJ, I mean, you're Philly, Philadelphia Eagles fans, you just got to wear your jersey out. Yeah, safe, me. yeah. Golly. It's almost like they, they took all that into uh, when they decided upon the, the team's branding and identity, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, can't say the same for the Phillies, but. No. Or or the Sixers. Or, or the, the Flyers, for that matter. Or the Flyers. They had yeah. to pick a favorite, so. There you go. They went, they uh, went with football. <laughs> unfortunately, St. Patrick couldn't lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl victory, but. Dang, it had to be Nick Foles. It had to be Nick Foles for, for whatever reason. Number 14 on the list, and uh, it makes sense when you consider the name of this city. It's a city in Ohio called Dublin, obviously named for the capital of Ireland. Uh, Ohio's Dublin City St. Patrick Day celebration. Uh, the festivities began in the 1980s. They begin with a big pancake breakfast and an inflation celebration. So you can uh, watch the parade floats come to life before your very eye. So... Uh, afterward, after the parade is over, there's plenty of Celtic music to be heard, along with beer, Irish tea, and potato chowder. Hey. Sounds like a pretty darn good place to celebrate to me. Potato chowder doesn't sound great, but it sounds like fun. I think I think uh, I don't think it's like clam chowder with potatoes in it. I think you can do like it could be more like potato soup, but the yeah. the texture is more chowdery, if you will, like more thick <laughs> as opposed to like runny like soup can be. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's stop. <laughs> number number thirteen. You are probably familiar with this uh, place if you have watched a popular comedy that aired. Uh, well, I mean, it aired for a long time ago, but it's still very popular to this day. Left Netflix for a new home on Peacock, The Office, with mm. Scranton, Pennsylvania, coming mm. in at thirteen on the list. Okay. Uh, they all gathered for a mass early. On St. Patrick's Day morning, then families line the streets of Scranton as they have for over 50 years now to watch the parade participants. The 2008 parade even featured former First Lady Hillary Clinton uh, in in attendance. So something to definitely keep an eye on if you are wanting to be in Pennsylvania, but not maybe in Philadelphia. All right, give me Scranton. a stat. Give me a stat, BJ. How many? Of these on this list are in the same state. Well, so let's see. Uh, those are those two for Philly. Yeah, those two. Or, yeah. Uh, we've got another state that's going to have a couple here in just a second. Another state. So there's three states that have two cities, um, but that I believe is it. So okay, 
About Those are the one. only two in Pennsylvania. Okay. Next up on the list, uh, it's a it's a big party city in general, and you know if, if the festivities and for Mardi Gras hadn't di- no, oh. <laughs> if the festivities for Mardi Gras haven't died down, you can celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, an entire week of fun. The city claims to be the largest port of entry for Irish immigrants in the yeah. southern United States. They wear green beads. <laughs> they do wear green beads, and they have one of the biggest celebrations for the Irish holiday. They've been doing it the same way every year since 1809 in the Big Easy. So uh, you get have an a traditional Irish stew with ingredients such as potatoes, cabbages, carrots, and onions, along with, as you mentioned, the traditional beads and flowers are tossed to crowds for St. Patrick's Day. So a lot of good music and a lot of good times in store down in the Big Easy in New Orleans. So. Mm-hmm. Next up on the list is Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix has a lot of Irish spirit come St. Patrick's Day with their annual Irish Family Fair. Parade includes marching bands, bagpipes, Irish step dancers, floats, police fire vehicles, and the Arizona Irish Colleen with her court. So Phoenix making the list is kind of a little bit surprising. I'm I'm interested by that. Uh. Next up on the list shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Maybe where it's placed is a surprise. New York City. Uh. Yeah, they're really they're it's pretty least, low. What number yeah, is it? Uh, so let me count them again. Hold on. Uh, it comes in at number ten. New York City comes in at number ten. Barely Big Apple up, hosts yeah. the oldest, one of the oldest, and one of the largest parades for St. Patrick's Day on the planet. A lot of Irish Catholic uh, culture in New York. Uh, the first New York City St. Patrick's Day was introduced by Irish soldiers to the British Army. In 1762, Drew. Yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago. Next up at number nine, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis holds another one of the country's best parades downtown at 18th and Market, working its way to Broadway and Market every year. Uh, And after the main event, the Irish Village offers delicious food and live performances. Uh, Special events held throughout the week, the entire week, with uh, the Celtic cross ceremony and the greening of the fountain. So something to keep an eye on if you are in St. Louis. Hmm. Number eight, another city from Missouri, Kansas City. Oh, right so that's the second state that has uh, two cities in it. Kansas City celebrates all things Irish on St. Patrick's Day with one of the nation's largest parades, following a special Gaelic mass and led by a lone bagpiper. The city has been celebrating the holiday since 1873, Drawing a crowd of over 200,000 each year. Huh. Number seven, another southern city, Savannah, Georgia, comes in on the Man. list. Yeah, if you want some southern charm with your Irish holiday, Savannah hosts the second largest parade in the entire nation, Drew. Oh. Celebrations kick off at the beginning of March, and the weekend nearest the holiday includes the city's biggest party of the year, the St. Patrick's Celebration on the River. Nonstop live entertainment, games, food, and beverages. Was anybody keeping track of the fact that San Francisco is about to be top five? San Francisco yeah. is not top five because it is number seven right here after Savannah, Georgia. Well, maybe maybe famous for the Golden Gate Bridge, but also home to many Irish immigrants. And uh, St. Patrick's Day number, in San Francisco has had a parade for over 160 years. You're out? Huh. I thought you were saying that you were you were out because you didn't think it should be this high up. Uh, 
Well, I'm not. I'm not complaining. Okay. No Next up on the San Diego, California. Oh, so this is the last of ah, two cities in in uh, in the same state being on the list. Uh, so so nice climate for St. Patrick's Day, but still able to have the festivities. You can you know walk around and and have uh, all the kind of uh, borgish morgue, if you will, with with adult beverages. Uh, San Diego covers 80,000 square feet of its city blocks with artificial green turf to kick off the day. So lots of room to, to work, walk around and, and have a, a really good time in San Diego this weekend. Both Cali places made the top half. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was, in fact, number five. Number four is Denver, Colorado. Denver throws one of the largest parades west of the Mississippi. St. Patrick's Day Parade is the city's biggest annual parade attracting nearly a quarter million viewers. Follows a circular route through the heart of Mile High City, and with over 10,000 marchers, floats, marching bands, dancers, and higher steam fun with a western flair. So, lots of good stuff in Denver as well, Drew. Interesting. Number three on the list, Chicago, Illinois. They dye the uh, Michigan River, I think is what they, uh, or, or one of the lakes up there. Uh, always dyed green, but they use a, a little, initially looks orange, and then with some leprechaun magic, and their, their words, not mine, the river is transformed into a dramatic green, just like the hills of Ireland. So it's pretty pretty sight to be bestow upon with your eyes. So if you're in the Chicago area, tune in for the uh, St. Patrick's Day festivities. You have a guess as to what the top two are by chance, Drew? Oh, man. Um, have, we, have we said any places in Texas so far? We have not, and there are not, not any places in Texas on this list. Eh, that's tough. I know. Um, let's see. Let's go with Nashville. Nashville is not number two on the list. Eh, I didn't think so. Number I didn't know two. Where to go. Number two on the list is our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. The nation's capital does it up big when it comes to St. Patrick's Day, hosting the legendary Shamrock Festival, all-day event featuring over 50 Irish bands, dancers, games, and all types of other activities. That's a a two-and-a-half-hour parade, Drew. That is quite a a long time to be uh, there watching a parade. But the only city that can top it, Drew, I'll give you one guess. Yeah. Okay, let's guess. I, I was saying. You oh, I thought. Oh, okay. Um, I prefer one hint. How about that? Okay, one hint. Northeast. Oh. Um, a couple already, but there's one city that we haven't mentioned that you you feel like probably should be on this list. Columbus, Ohio. Not that. Uh, that in fact, that's a little too far to the west. We're going even more to the northeast, Drew. Number one on the list, Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. The, one of the world's biggest St. Patrick's Day celebrations began in Boston in 1901, but the celebration reportedly goes back 200 years prior to that. According to legend, the earliest celebration of the holiday in America took place in Boston in 1737 when colonists of Irish descent marked the event with a modest parade. Now it's the biggest celebration outside of Ireland with more than a half a million people coming to Boston for the holiday each year. So a lot of good stuff. You can watch the, you know, the, the 
you can down your sorrows with with some green beverages, listen to the Dropkick Murphys, and and uh, just have a a good old St. Patrick's Day up there in Boston, Massachusetts. Do you think they'll let them get away with drinking Heineken? It's a green bottle. I don't know if it's a green beer. Um, I think Heineken is okay because isn't that uh, isn't that a, a uh, import from the I know it's not from Ireland, but it is an import from Europe. Yes. From Dutch, the Dutch, I believe, right? Yes. They could they could probably have it, but I think that a lot of people are just going to have a a stout with the the green color probably. in their in their beer. So, so that's the best places you can go, Drew. According to our friends that put this list together, the best we're in nowhere there. near any of them. No, no, not in the top fifteen. Now they didn't. Didn't do anything top 20, but... Uh, no honorable mentions. They didn't say honorable mentions. So Trips to Discover is the uh, is where uh, you can find that list. So that is BJ's Best Drew, and uh, now it's time to talk about the women's tournament. It is indeed time for uh, South Carolina to repeat. <laughs> I, you, know, you read my mind, Drew. I mean, it, it feels like, is anybody going to stop? South Carolina in the women's tournament. So, seeing as that we both have them uh, pulling off the the run to their second straight and their third here in the past five or six seasons, um, what about teams that we think could knock them off? Let's let's just kind of go through and and start with who do you have South Carolina defeating in the national championship game? Who's who's that threat that you have uh, to beat them potentially? in that last game of the season. Okay. In the natty, I got South Carolina over UConn. Great minds think alike, Drew. I also have the Huskies emerging from their part of the region to to try to take down South Carolina. We get a, a national championship rematch from last year with the same result, unfortunately, for UConn at least. Now, for South Carolina, they, they if they can win it again, they – would be through the moon with that. Who else is in your final four, along with South Carolina UConn? Who'd you uh, who'd you put in the final four with them? Uh, I was going to ask you that question. Um, <laughs> well, well, we'll face, both tell. Facing, we'll both tell. Facing UConn, I've got LSU, and facing the Gamecocks, Longhorns. Oh, okay. Well, you and I are not too far apart, Drew, okay. because I also have LSU upsetting Indiana in the Greenville region to face UConn, but I don't have Texas in the Final Four out of the Seattle bracket. If you have I've Iowa, got, then I'm okay. I have Iowa indeed. That's Caitlin okay. Clark That's okay. Taking, Caitlin Clark will take the Hawkeyes. That's my favorite player in college basketball right now, so... So we, we, we're pretty close with our picks for the Final Four. Um, in the Greenville region, in the Elite Eight, South Carolina, I have defeating Notre Dame. Who do you have uh, for the Gamecocks to go through in that last well, uh, part of the bracket? I'll be a buddy here, BJ, and say you might want to change that because Olivia Miles is out for the season uh, mm. for Notre Dame, so that might hamper their little run that they possibly could have made. I've okay. got... Arizona sneaking into Elite yep. Eight to face Don Staley. Arizona over Maryland and then over Notre Dame. 
Interesting. Interesting stuff. Okay. I, I don't think, think Notre door- Dame will make that far. Make it that far anymore. You think that they'll get? Uh, you think they'll get bounced? They they could. I don't. I don't For, know first round, or do you think they'll just they'll get through one game and then that will be where the it kind of hurts them a bit? I don't know. Um, I don't know about game one, but I see game two as a definite possibility in the round thirty-two. Um, well, I don't if think they, they get past the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, if they. If they get Creighton in that second round, I can absolutely see what you're talking about mm-hmm. here, too. Because Creighton last yeah. year gave Iowa trouble. Mm-hmm. Creighton went all the way to the Elite Eight, and that's where they, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were a 10 seed last year, Drew, and they got knocked out against South Carolina. It's funny that they might potentially have to go through them again in the Elite Eight, but they would have to, they would have to get past a really good Maryland team that's the two seed in that region. Uh, Maryland, obviously, you know, not the the team that – not one of the top two teams in the Big Ten this year, but the Big Ten had a lot of depth this season. Uh, and, and so it's going to be interesting. You know, you've got teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, uh, you know, and Maryland, Iowa that, that are, you know, could, could get hot and, and go on that run at the right time to make a, a deep tournament run. Hey. You never know what can happen in the madness of March, PJ. Absolutely. Well, you you already said you got Texas out of Seattle, which means that they take down Stanford at some point, uh, which would be in the Sweet 16. That's right. Um, any other Revenge. any other su- surprises from that bracket, or or do is is it setting up for those top four seeds, like you said, with Texas uh, over Stanford, and then winner of Duke and Iowa getting them in the Elite Eight. Uh, no real. Nothing crazy. Um, the only thing spicy I got, I'd have to drop back to the uh, round of 32. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't really have anything spicy there, to be honest. It's pretty chalky. Uh, only thing that's considered an upset, Washington State. I've got them over Nova in round two. Uh, other than that, it's pretty chalky. And uh, all the upsets happening in the uh, Greenville region with Arizona and Creighton. Okay, I've got a I've got a couple of different upsets. In fact, that's that's a good point because I mean we we're pretty much in lockstep when it comes to you know I I, I think you had uh, you have LSU over Indiana out of uh, the Greenville region. I do. And then UConn over Virginia Tech. I hold on. Down there in uh, Seattle. Yeah. Okay, so we we're pretty much we've got the same. Wait 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 wait. Outside no, of Greenville. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, I do. I was in the wrong spot. Okay. Yeah, you've okay. gone over Virginia Tech, LSU over Indiana, yes. Sounds good. So looks like we've, we've got pretty much the exact same outside of uh, just a couple of little hiccups. But Welcome. Let's go, let's go back to round one. Who looks like a likely or where do you kind of see some, you know, a little bit of an upset pick? Because I've got a couple – uh, but I always try to look for, for more than just, like, one or two because you know that there's always seemingly going to be at least one per per region. You're going to get a first-round upset. I only – so, of note, I only have one real double-digit. I might change it up. Let, let, me, okay. let, me, real, let me reevaluate some things for a second. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm looking at a couple of uh, prime contenders uh, that we can we can discuss. 
dun, 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 one of which which I think dun, you'll dun, you'll disagree with me on. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, okay, I'm but, back. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've got ten seed over. Let's see, ten seed Georgia over seven seed Florida State in the Seattle. I region. do as well. That's a good pick. And I have That's a good pick. I've got that one. 11 seed UNLV over 6 seed Michigan in the Greenville region. Uh, okay. 9 seed South Dakota State over 8 seed USC in the Seattle 3 region. Uh, I do have South Dakota State over USC as well. I don't have anything critical. My wins bracket is actually pretty chalky this year, BJ. I got Marquette over South Florida, 9 over 8. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot of double-digit dubs. Um I wouldn't know where to go to to pass one off with the rest of these just because it, I don't think it's going to happen in Greenville really anywhere unless Notre Dame really is shake, shaken up by the losses that they've had on their team and losing the first round. Um, everything else is everything else is kind of, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, pretty chalky other yeah. than those. So I really only got like a few upsets, not a whole lot of uh, a big-time, you know, matchups getting shifted around here, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at here. Um, you you yeah. got some more critical stuff happening, though, in that first round. What do you I, I do I do have a couple of other ones, so I, I'm right there with you with a couple of those, with Georgia over Florida State. I've got Marquette over South Florida, as you mentioned, as well as I believe you said um, you had uh, South Dakota State over USC, so I have a couple of those as well. But I've got a couple that you might not have thought about. I'm going to look no further. You said Michigan over UNLV, and I think I disagree. But I can see two other possibilities in that uh, Greenville 2 region that that you didn't mention. You you talked about Washington State or Villanova as your, like, second-round upset. I think Florida Gold Coast is going to upset Washington State in the first round. So it's not because Villanova going to lose to – Washington State or or anything like that. I've got Villanova over Florida Gulf Coast to get themselves into the Sweet 16. I'll also throw your way for consideration 10-seed Princeton over 7-seed NC State in that to half of the bracket. Mm. I, I think that those are, are a little couple more likely. I, I do I do think UNLV has had a great season. I, just, I think that uh, Michigan is going to be able to uh, – you know, grind out a very close game, but I can understand your thought process with UNLV 31 and 2 this season. That is a an insanely good record. Only one loss came in, coming to Oklahoma State by by a, a healthy margin. But but I I think that those are are a couple as well to keep an eye on out there in Greenville too. Okay. Uh, um, and then I'll give you I'll give you one other one that I have here um, that I think okay. we might disagree on. The only other one that I'm really predicting here uh, and taking a swing with, I've got 11 seed Middle Tennessee over 60 Colorado up in Oof. Seattle 4. Whoa. Middle Tennessee plays whoa. really good, really good defense. They score the ball really well, 18 and 2 in the Conference USA this year. I think they'll be able to get it done. Okay. How you feel, BJ? That's how I feel, and I think that that's, I think you're, you know, I I think a lot of people will probably kind of shrug that one off, but, you know, I mean, 
I have been correct in in the, the past couple of years. I, I won the the tournament challenge two years ago. Obviously, I was oh. able to, to collect the prize. But big dog. Yeah, but I mean that's what makes it fun is that you know you never know what yeah. is going to uh, what is going to take place, and uh, so it should be fun. Should be a good uh, good show of everything on the women's side of things. Uh, how many women's brackets did you fill out this year, Drew? Two, two on both two? sides of things. Two on both two, sides. Okay. Yeah, two men's brackets, two women's brackets. I felt like I needed to make a spare one aside from the one that's in our lowdown bracket, like just mm-hmm. for me. And uh, it's anything crazy right. in that one? No, I mean it's kind of split on both ends so far. Like some of the ones, some of the picks that I had in the one in our in our uh, bracket, I uh, deferred and like flip flopped on the next one. So mm-hmm. like some of those are just because I already picked it here picks. Yeah, but they're pretty even. Eighty-two okay. percent. Uh, both couldn't get a max of at least eighteen fifty. Uh, the other one is uh, eighteen seventy. So. Um, it's about in the, the middle of the pack with a lot of people who are just kind of average through it right now. Um, yeah. BJ, do you think um, Caitlin Clark is really going to make it the furthest that she's gone in the tournament so far this year, or will something go I, wrong? I think I think so because the the sad like the the bad taste out of. Her, from her mouth last year, the way that that season ended, getting upset in the first round, and then seeing that team that could have been you if you'd won that game, making it all the way to the Elite Eight. You know, I, I think that that's kind of what's been part of her motivation, why she's been able to, you know, I mean, obviously she's one of the best players in the game and uh, in, in today's game and just hitting some absurd, crazy shots that don't seem possible for anybody, men or women. She's, you know, there's been a, a really good comparison of her as, as being like, the next Steph Curry or the female Steph Curry just because of her range. And I think that's, that's very fair, but I think that's kind of the motivation you saw early in, in Steph's career, there was some, some early playoff losses that kind of seemed to spark him and motivate him. And, and the, that next step that Golden State took to winning those titles. I think this is kind of that next step for Caitlin Clark in Iowa. I think they'll make it to the final four, but they're not going to, they're not quite good enough. I think to take that next step past South Carolina and so I think that's where the run ends, but I, I like to I like to watch out for them next year as one of my kind of teams I'll be watching with an eye on a national championship potentially. Does South Carolina get any real trouble until the Elite Eight? I mean, not in the first round. Marquette might be able to hang around for the first half, maybe into the third, but I, I really don't see that. Um, if they get if they get Maryland, I think they'll they'll have some struggle. Like you said, that's that would be the Elite Eight. Um, UCLA can be competitive, but I mean, you look at the the matchups. Their their defense, uh, they just they just don't stop teams from scoring enough, and they don't score enough points themselves to make me feel like they've got a chance to to take down South Carolina. So I I, I think they might have some challenges for a bit, but I really don't think they'll be having to grind out, you know, all four quarters of victory until we get to the Elite Eight and further. Do you think anybody's got an easier path to the Elite Eight than the Gamecocks? Or the, well, number, one, the num- number one seed, anyway, of the, of the number one seeds. So uh, Stanford, Virginia Tech, yeah. and Indiana. 
Well, it's definitely not Stanford since both you and I have them uh, getting upset in the Sweet 16 against Texas. I think Indiana's got a pretty decent uh, chance of having a good run to the Elite Eight, but that Villanova team is going to be pretty feisty. And then I, I think Virginia Tech, until they get to Tennessee, um, I, I really don't think they'll have too many things to worry about. Um, South Dakota State might give them a, a little bit of a, you know, an issue for a half or so, but I, I think that they'll be able to, um, to, to get past. So what's, what's kind of the surprise team that you could see? Uh, obviously we're not predicting it cause we've got pretty, um, chalky brackets in, in terms of, um, you know, what we're expecting, but who is this year's Creighton or, uh, or, or, you know, what's that lower-seeded team that you think could pull an upset in the first weekend and make a run to the Elite Eight, potentially? Oof. Uh, I don't know if they'll make any Elite Eight runs. What did I, have? I had Georgia as one of the teams. They faced it doesn't have Iowa to be a double-digit. It doesn't have to be a double-digit seed. So, like... Well, you could be, like, a seven or an eight or, you okay. know, potentially, like, a, a six going to the... Uh, Elite Eight by taking out a two per per chaps or I don't know if there are really any in uh, on the women's side of things. Uh, maybe a Baylor. Yeah, I, Baylor. that's who I was kind of. That's who I was kind of looking at because they've been there before. But yeah. I mean, especially with the way that last season ended, uh, they'd have to go through UConn, and that's going to be a tough ask. But yeah, you know, we'll see. Other than that, uh, you know, my Arizona, you know, I had Arizona going pretty far, so I mean, those mm. two probably it, both seven seeds. So, yeah, Other I had, that, I had, I actually had Missouri, uh, I think, pulling off the upset over uh, Arizona in the second round. So, Princeton did them a favor in, in my book <laughs> on the men's side of things. <laughs> well, hey, after after what happened to TCU last year and how the officiating gypped them in that game against Arizona. I, I say good riddance. You know, Arizona hadn't won a tournament game since that game last year against us. Yeah. Hey, make sure you're prepared for your second chance bracket when that time comes. Oh, you got to get it. We're going to need one pick right this year. We're we're going to need it. We're going to need it. I think my, sure. my second chance women's bracket was pretty good last year. Yeah. Uh, the second chance men's was. So. Uh. But, oh well. But that is a good look at the women's side of things, Drew. I mean, we're both pretty lockstep that South Carolina should be expected to be the favorites to, to repeat. If anyone could win it that's not the Gamecocks, who you got? I think UConn. I think UConn's got, you know, they've got Bud back. Uh, they're not going to get Beckers, obviously, but I think, you know, they've been they've been really good all year. I just, I don't think I can see Iowa getting past South Carolina in the Final Four. If they could, I think Caitlin Clark could, could lead them to that you know, national championship victory. But I think the best team that uh, is well-positioned to do so is is UConn. I'm going to go Longhorns full-on bias this year. Longhorns winning it in both the men's and women's. All right. Well, I uh, I I think we, we can already well, begin the game of with it or quit it because I had a question. <laughs> oh. I had a question right for you that I didn't think you were going to uh, – address or, or have with you in uh, in your bracket. But if you're ready, we can play a, a quick round here of With It or Quit It Tournament Edition. Let's do it, Tournament Edition. Okay. 
So on the women's side of things, I think I already know the answer, but uh, yep. go ahead and just remind me. The Texas Longhorn women will be the first team seated four or higher, which is four through 16, to reach the final four since 2016 when Syracuse and Washington both did it. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? I'm with it, baby. Longhorn's taking down it. Stanford to get the revenge If he's got it in his bracket, year. folks, he's pretty much with it, I think. So. Yeah, revenge from last year. All right, Drew. Number two, on the men's side of things, we saw this just earlier today when Princeton took out Arizona. But, Drew, Princeton is not done. They're going to fly like the Peacocks of St. Peter's did last year, Stop. and they're going to make it to the Sweet 16. Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? Are they playing again? They'll play Missouri. Ooh. Uh, Missouri had Kobe Brown, right? Uh, yes. Uh, no, they're not. Quit it. Quit it. Yeah, I, so, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, but just had to see if, if you thought that the magical run. I almost did it. You almost did. Cinderella, the slipper, might still fit. I thought about it. Well, okay. Number three, Drew. We're going back to the women's side. I, I went okay. I went women, men, women, men, women in, okay. in that order. So the women's side of things. I think I already know the answer to uh, this question as well. But, okay. Drew, okay. there will be two or more double-digit seeds that reach the Sweet 16 for the second year in a row. With it? Or quit it. Two double digit C's that make the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, last year we saw uh, we saw I believe it was Marquette uh, when they took out Baylor and uh, Creighton, obviously, that made the run all the way to the Elite Eight. Let me double check myself. See if I had it in my bracket or not. You said two double digit teams make it to the Sweet Sixteen. At two or more, yeah. Oh, quit it. Yeah, I don't have any. Quit it. You don't have any. Well, that might be something you need to change. Maybe the uh, oh. Georgia team. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't have faith in the Georgia Bulldogs and women's basketball. In the second round, yeah. Well, the women's uh, basketball team seems to be doing better than the men's. So. Obviously, oh, well, yeah, have. the Bulldogs, the men's Bulldogs stink. Well, they, they were above 500 this year, if I'm not mistaken. Are they in the tournament? No. But, I mean, when you compare to – what the football team has been able to do. I mean, hey, we're not doing that because we know, know we exactly. wouldn't stand a chance. Exactly. Uh, All right, Drew, number four, going to go back to the men's side of things, and a NCAA tournament Cinderella team. Think Princeton, think Furman, think anybody else that might be able to pull off an upset or two in the tournament. You're going to see a player from one of those teams – have their draft stock rise because they're making a Cinderella run in the tournament. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? For sure, with it. That happens all the time. There's going to be somebody that, you know, makes their name known in the in the, in the the tournament. Or, I mean, it could be an, a top player that just shows that he's an elite player in the tournament. I mean, like, you could definitely say that Jalen Brunson's draft stock rose in the tournaments mm-hmm. both years that From you know, they, they yeah. won the championship. Yeah. Averaging 16 and four in the tournament, and uh, doing what he did for sure. Uh, yeah, I think because it can happen to uh, a role player or a star player or yeah. a superstar player. I think I can happen to anybody in March Madness. Sounds good. So two with it's two quidits. 
Number five will decide who gets the edge here in mm. this edition of With It or Quit It. And Drew, back to the women's side of things. Back to them. For the fourth time since the 2019 tournament, we're going to see a region where all of the higher seeds avoid a first-round upset. So we're talking complete shock in one region for the first round on the women's side of things. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? Okay, read that back to me. Okay. So this, this we're in the women's tournament. At least one region will have all of the higher seeds win their first-round matchup. So no upsets in at least one region. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? Meaning, like, one through eight are, are the, the like the seats that are higher in this case. The, like the ones that you'd expect, the favorites. No upsets well, in at I least went, one region. Well, I went back. Well, if I'm, if I'm actually changing that pick to, you know, go with Georgia mm-hmm. in the first round, then that means no. No. Okay. It means every one of them sees at least one in the first round for me. So okay. it's the South Dakota State one, the Seattle three, uh, UNLV in Greenville, Georgia in Seattle four, and Marquette in Greenville one. Okay. So, so no. he's got so acquitted. Quidditch will what? take the the round three to two, and that is it for with it or quit it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for this evening. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast over on Apple. Uh, you can also uh, just rate it on, on Spotify. They don't have reviews available, but read and review mm-hmm. on Spotify. It is, is available. It helps us uh, you know, pop out and be more available and be more visible to everyone on the, the platform, and especially in sports. When y'all rate and review, it uh, gets more eyes on us to get more listeners, so we appreciate that. And we want your, your honest reviews anyway of what you think about the show. Um, as well as point you in the direction of some merch. BJ's got it on right now from T Public, ladies and gentlemen. T Public sales off and on all the time. You've got a deal either way when you get online. You can either get online when the sale is going site wide at 30 to 35% off, or when there's no sales going on, you get free shipping opportunities uh, when you have orders that are $80 or more. So you get you a mass order, you get free shipping on it all. Or you get a sale on your normal uh, merchandise and just have to pay the shipping. It's just what it is. You win when you get a sale or you get free shipping. You know, cool things happening from our people at Public all the time. But get over there and get that Lowdown merch. Uh, recently retired that Lowdown notebook. Still got to get me a new one. Might as well get one from Public. Got to wait on Absolutely. that to come in. And, uh, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for um, the prizes for our March Madness Tournament. Our Brackets Challenge, uh, men's obviously has already started. Women's begins tomorrow. So uh, you can listen. If you're listening to this super early, just before uh, the the the, uh, the games begin, then awesome. Still got you, time to join. Yeah, like you listen to this thing first thing in the morning. Awesome. As soon as it drops. Mm-hmm. On your um, way to work. Right. And uh, you've got – so y'all have, y'all have time. If you're watching live, you know you got the rest of the night into tomorrow morning. And mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying. So – You've got time to get in on the women's. If you're in on the men's, shout out to you. May the odds be in your favor. Um, but come in here, have some fun. Make sure you're following us uh, on our social medias, though, for sure. You know, we're not just going to give, you know, prize to some random person who doesn't even follow us or doesn't listen. So um, 
and especially like we do see I did see some names that I recognized in there from mm-hmm. last year as well as some returners. The guy that won it is actually back, so I hope he doesn't beat us again. <laughs> Me either. But uh but yeah, it's it's always a good time. We love making these brackets and uh playing these games with you guys and uh Absolutely. Um uh, BJ's and got something to tell you about T Pub. Uh, well, I've got something to tell you about Fanatics, Drew, and the clock is Oh, ticking. my gosh. Why not say T-Public? I'm sorry. Because you were talking about T-Public. It's all good, though. The clock is ticking, but you've still got time, if you are listening live, to uh, get over to Fanatics and get you a 24-hour sale up to 65% off site-wide in, site-wide in honor of St. Patrick's Day by using promo code CLOVER, C-L-O-B-E-R. That is CLOVER. You can get your... Uh, Road to the Final Four shirts for March Madness for the men's side, going to Houston. And then, of course, if you're coming to Dallas for the 2023 Women's Final Four, that would be awesome. We'd love to see. Maybe we can try to get a, a booth or something over there one one, oh, uh, one day that weekend. I mean, maybe. Maybe. It's going to be yeah, it's gonna be pretty pricey. But uh, don't worry. You can rep the merch either way. You know, NFL season just kicked off. There's already some... New faces with some new jerseys. You want to get yourself a Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints jersey, maybe a DJ Moore, Chicago Bears, or at least what's heavily rumored to be Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets jersey. That mm. is going to take some getting used to. I have to say that. Um, but you can get all of that. Uh, you can get, in fact, there's a new col- uh, collaboration with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Major League Baseball. You can celebrate March 16th with your favorite MLB team. Uh, so you get Rangers 316, Astros 316, whatever that may be. You can find that all on Fanatics Basketball. NBA playoffs is going to start here in about a month or so. NHL right along the same. So get some merch, rep your favorite teams, find it all the way over at Fanatics. Check the link in our bio. You can get yourself a good sale going on for the time being, Drew. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you're following us on those social media sites right above BJ there at the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we appreciate everybody that came in today. Shout out again to Coach Tripp that came through, and that is going to be the, ho- the co-host along with Tyler for the lowdown college basketball. So, be on the lookout for their their shows uh, coming up very soon. Of course, at the end of this first round, they plan to come back again, and hopefully uh, soon they will have their own things that you can follow them on, uh, aside from their personal accounts. But right now, go follow them on their personal accounts, Tyler and uh, Coach Tripp. Um, so appreciate you guys once again tuning in, and this has been another edition of the Low Down Sports Show. Kyrie.